Hello, welcome back. We're here for another episode of Crime at the Family Table. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I am your host, Alyssa, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, LaTanya. How are you today? Doing pretty well. Got my coffee today, so, you know, I'm top of the morning for you. I'm here with top of the morning. <laughs> It's like two o'clock. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, listen. It's my morning when coffee hits my lips. Touche. Okay, so we definitely have another exciting episode for you all today. Um, thank you for bearing with us for the past four episodes. It's crazy. This is episode number five. With some of our audio issues and technical difficulties, our guest star <laughs> last week, my two-year-old. Um, Thank you so much for those of you who are listening. We're the little podcast that could. This is a really good um, step forward in the right direction. We do hope that soon we will be able to also give you some conclusion about what has happened to Jelani, but that is not the case at this time. But like we said, we will keep you guys up to speed with any changes. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. I'm surprised, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that they've, like, passed that uh, so like quickly. The media attention really helped this case and bringing things forward where we can make change. Like, so keeping eyes and ears on this case are so essential. So people, things don't fall between the cracks. So do you think because like as a community, we're starting to really like bring our like, I want to say true crime cases, but like our faces as far as like those of us who are missing or have unsolved like deaths things like that do you think this is helping to bring that attention to the media and to people who have power to start to change things because I think it's working I think I think it's working I think it is very um beneficial to have that like you know like we have TikTok Facebook like Twitter like people really getting the word out However, there are times when people can be wrong and people can be harmful. Like a recent example I have of this is, you know, with um, the former Miss um, USA um, tragically took her own life and um, last month and recently is believed that Miss Out the former Miss Alabama um, also took her own life through the same means and of jumping off of a building. So like that's assumed, but there is some questions lingering, but hundred percent, like it's more leaning towards that she took her own life. And you have people that are theorizing that somebody is killing them and that it's like a hit job and it's, it's just this and that. And that's where conspiracy theories can be very harmful to cases because and especially they, they're, they're harmful to us in the long run. So especially as black people, Instead of the big monster that they're trying to figure out is, the monster is that Black women are not getting the mental health support they need. They are allowed to be functioning depressed. Hmm. They, they smile, they work, they bend over backwards, and they're supposed to just walk through life. And then this is the idea of this strong Black woman troop that has also, you know, made that more substantiated. So we're pushing that narrative forward by saying that 
oh, well, we don't know. They need to do an extra investigation. They need to do this. They need to do that. When that is harmful to these families who is trying to grieve because you don't know and you don't know these people. We see people through this lens like uh just like you shouldn't assume people have committed suicide like police should assume you shouldn't assume that it was a murder like it is this crazy conspiracy theory because that both can be harmful these two things can be generally harmful to these cases of families that are grieving because these are people these are not just numbers like and that's why i think that having podcasts and having informational circles where people can talk about these cases and really what's happening is more beneficial than um some people that just have the ability to get on tiktok or like Facebook or Twitter and come up with these theories that perpetuate falsehoods that are not based in reality. Like there is no information that would say that there was somebody else involved in these cases, but you 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 now just assume that because it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. It feels weird. Like that's just because it feels wrong because you're having a reaction to injustice and injustice regardless if it's a person that perpetrated that against them is still an injustice because the injustice is that there is no space where black people can be depressed and feel comfortable with being depressed and having a diagnosis and getting that support and they just go through life functioning that is a very dangerous idea that you think because you have this weird feeling that we all now need to move mountains and we need to move all these things when that's just not what it is. Like with the first woman, her the, she left a, a suicide door. People saying, well, somebody could force her to do that. I'm like, y'all be watching too much TV. That's the <laughs> other issue that we have a lot of crime television and I enjoy it or whatever, but y'all are taking movie magic and putting it into real life. People are not that savvy, sweetie. People are not that, they ain't moving like that. It's not, it's not all that all the time. In this, in, in these cases, we have to talk about the truth. Theories are okay when you're thinking about like when you're going through the facts of the case and you're saying, well, I can theorize that maybe it was somebody close to them or this, that, and the third. But based on the facts, when you're just taking something from left field because you have a feeling. Yeah, that's, that's not dangerous. that's not the same thing. Like a hypothesis is one thing but like to because that's an educated guess like you have information but to just be like hey i feel like the dog murdered her it's like okay and we are (laughs) we do get excited because we you know most of us especially if you enjoy true crime and you watch documentaries and you Maybe if you even have a criminal justice background, I don't know. Maybe you just like watching Law and Order. Like we all feel like we're amateur sleuths, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you are not Sherlock, and I am. I am not Watson. So we have to. <laughs> I mean, technically, I am Watson, and and for real, for real, Watson was the one that solved all the crimes. For real, for real, Sherlock was just cuter. But that's right. fine. And listen, you know, we know the truth. <laughs> But but we are not, at the end of the day, like detectives. We may have some sort of like knowledge or we 
may have some like insight or inclination, but at the end of the day, we have to let the professionals do their jobs. But what we can do is what we're doing, spreading awareness, having these conversations, um, opening up other people's minds to have these discussions and to just think differently. So that's our little spiel in the beginning. Yep. Um, before we get into the case, you guys, I want to do a disclaimer that this case does involve um, talks of sexual assault um, and also talks of death. Um, if you are not comfortable with that, please um, click off now. Listen, we don't mind. Please take care of yourselves first. And just to also let you know that, you know, if you ever need any support or help, there are organizations out there that will support you. We will try to add in those organizations um, for thoughts of suicide or, you know, just needing somebody to talk to, we will list like some resources in our description. Please feel free to check those out. And also all of the things that we say here that we get into that are like discussion points are in our opinion. We are basing those off of what we know from the case, but these are our opinions. We are not connected or affiliated with any organization. And we don't get any cuts of anything for saying specific things. So please guys just understand that we are coming from our point of view and we want to let you guys in on the conversation. So feel free to follow us on Instagram um, as well as we have a Twitter. So that way we can keep discussion going. We guys can get updates. You guys can send us articles and let us know anything you know or any new cases. So I thank you guys and we will get into the case. Let's go. What you got for us this week? Okay, uh, this week I have the very sad case of Alexis Crawford, a 21-year-old from um, Athens, Georgia, who went to Clark Atlanta University. Uh, very nice um, school I've heard, very beautiful. So one of the things about this case that really came to my mind when I was just researching it and really just diving into everything is... And something I want to bring to you and our listeners is, are you still friends with your college friends, like the people you've met in college? I am. Like uh, most of them, we're all going to see each other. We have a baby shower coming up. So usually we gather again for those types of events, weddings, things like that. But I am friends with quite a few of them. Okay. Yeah, same. Like I have one of my closest, my best friends, like since college, like that's that's my person. Like, she's just everything to me. I met her sophomore year and yeah, just one of the closest friendships I have. And then I have some friendships I've also developed from that and some really close ties I have, even, even if they're not my friends, we have a close association. Like, cause when you go to a PWI, they have things called, like we call it um, black IUP. Like, so the black people, it's a very small group of us in a sense. It, in retrospect to white. So a lot of us kind of know each other for face, we'll hug, we'll say hi and things like that. So really those friendships can last a lifetime. Like I haven't been an undergrad in whew, six years, but those friendships really stuck with me. And I asked that because Alexis Crawford, at the time of her case, 
um, lived with her close friend, Jordan Jones. Um, some people call Jordan her best friend. Other people just call her a close friend. I'm going to stick with the close friend because I think that it's pertinent that we know that she is a close friend. Well, close enough also to live with her. So Alexis and Jordan Jones met each other in freshman year and they've been cool ever since. Jordan has been to her house, like hung out with her family. And at this point in the story in 2019, Jordan and Alexis live with each other. So uh, they live on a off campus apartment that's a few minutes from Clark Atlanta main campus, but it still is off campus. So one of the um, things that we need to know is all our friendships go through ebbs and flows. Like we're, we're not always going to be on the best terms with some people, especially when you're young, you're in your 20s, like it's, you know, motions, things, feelings, you feel like you're grown in this environment, you really don't know about life. So you and your friends may butt heads. So around this time during before homecoming. So homecoming is usually around end of September, early October for most people. And Alexis and Jordan are hanging out with a group of friends. They're cool. But prior to this, um, Alexis' friends said that they weren't really getting along. They were kind of getting into it. Like it was just some animosity going on. But by homecoming, I think everything had got smoothed over. Maybe they talked it out. Whatever happened, they were seen together, socializing, being cool. Everything was fine. So we now move on to the end of October. So we're now at the end of October. Um, Alexis and Jordan are hanging out. Like they're in the apartment um, because they're both over the age of 21. They are drinking or whatever at the house. At this time, um, Jordan's boyfriend, um, a Mr. Baron Brant, um, Brantley, I want to say Brantley so bad with his name, but it's Brantley, um, is over at the house. So I don't necessarily know exactly how this timeline transpired, but basically it ends with on, so October 25th, they're hanging out at night, they're, they're cool, drinking, whatever. And on the 26th, um, Alexis wakes up and she's like, I've, I've been assaulted. Something has happened to me. I know I've been kissed and touched inappropriately. Things have happened. And this is not uncommon. Um, many cases um, of rape and sexual assault do happen with people we know. A lot of instances of domestic, you know, you hear intimate partner violence and things like that, but most oftentimes cases of assault happen from people, people like you know. So, so basically at this point, Alexis is saying she's kind of minimizing it because she doesn't remember, like she has no real memory, but she knows something is wrong. So she proceeds to tell Jordan what happened. And I'm guessing Mr. Brantley was still in the house. So Jordan and um, Baron get into it, they're arguing, and Jordan leaves, but then Baron leaves with her keys to her car, and she take, he takes the car keys, because he's trying to get out of there, he's just like, this is not what I'm trying to get into, I didn't do it, I never did anything, blah, 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 but it's seeming like that's just not the case, because, um, Something clearly has happened to Alexis. She's she's just not herself. So either Jordan or a friend of Alexis took her to the hospital. 
and she did get a rape kit done. Um, they did test her for semen and things like that. And we're gonna find out what, what happens later with that. But before this, Jordan calls the cops. And you would think that she's calling the cops because her friend has been assaulted. And she's just trying to report her boyfriend because she's just being a girl, girl code. She's riding with her friend. Nope, she's worried about her car guys um and like I don't understand what could be possibly going through her head like what what did you think when I said that like that Jordan just called the cops just for the car so she so she all of this is happening does Jordan know uh, what happened to Alexis he well she does know like so she the argument is about that so like her and um baron are arguing because of the assault like so the believe the potential assault that has happened to alexis that is the argument so then she's not like hey this happened to my friend this like i'm calling the police because of this she's calling the police because her car is missing Correct. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just was like, what? She's like, yeah, my Chevy Cruze is gone. And she's saying a couple profanities and some unaudible stuff. And then that's about it. And like, I don't know if she makes a full police report, but she does call the police for that. Right after that, she proceeds to call like a family friend. And, and to this family friend, not the police, she tells them that um baron took her car but also before that he assaulted um my friend alexis so this is just getting strange and so we're getting into this part where so alexis goes gets her rape kit done and she gets she goes back to her apartment that she shares with jordan at this time um Alexis is not sleeping in her room. She's like, it happened in my room, my room. And the police do do an investigation. Like they come into the house, they do testing samples and things like that in her room. They take pictures of her bedroom. Like they actually do an investigation of the rape assault. So I'm very happy about that. They were doing the assault. Where things kind of get a little muddy for me is why is she still in the apartment? Like, why is Alexis still be like, like, why isn't this? I'm my trouble with this was why is Alexis still in the apartment where her assault happened? Why isn't the school placing her into a room? Right, because usually, like, the school also has to do conduct some sort of investigation, so they should definitely be removing this kid from school and also like putting her somewhere safe like the safety of your students is your first priority right so and why is she to, still having to be here like according to title nine they violated title nine title nine basically in its bylaws you guys can look into it one of the huge points of and Title IX is involving gender-based discrimination. It's basically saying schools cannot conduct gender-based discrimination. And a part of that is also victims of assault. Um, that if, uh, uh, if you are a victim of assault, the school is not allowed to um, basically not protect you. 
they, they, they should protect you. They should find means of getting you support, help, something like that. They, they have to be involved. There, there is no signs that Clark Atlanta ever stepped in on this, that Alexis was really left to handle this on her own. And that was a problem. It's a huge issue. Like she's already been traumatized by this like unfortunate act. And then she has to like figure all this out by herself. Do we know if like she contacted her parents or like what? Because that's that's crazy to have to go through and know like none of the school officials. I mean, is there a school counselor, like somebody that could that's like what step I'm up? <laughs> Right, that's like, ridiculous. Like, I know they're technically adults, but in this situation, they're still school students and they're still on your property or whatever you want to call it. Like, they're still under your care to a certain right. extent. And, and their tuition pays for that apartment. They're not paying for that apartment out of pocket. They are students of the school. They receive, like, so that's what Title IX does. So Title IX is protecting students that receive financial aid. Like, if you receive aid from the aid from the state to go to school, you are protected under Title IX. Whether you live on campus or off campus, shoot, you could even be in a whole other state going to online school. When you are enrolled in that school, Title IX is protecting you. As a woman, um, it, like, like even like people that deal with, you know, all types of things under Title IX. Like we see with that, like a lot of time we see Title IX when it comes over athletics, like fairness and wrong athletics. But this is really about fair treatment of women in general and the overprotection that we find with with men that go to the school and women kind of being left to pick up the pieces of their life. Like Alexis was failed in this in, in a huge way in this regard. And I feel like what, what happens next is as much as the perpetrator's responsibility as it is the responsibility of the school. About like so many people who have power or positions of influence drop the ball. And this seems to be one of those cases. But I'm curious to see how this plays out. So keep going all right so it, it gets worse from there so as as we see with people with these toxic friendships is I guess the man comes first because a few hours after the incident unbeknownst to Alexis Jordan forgives Baron so they're cool and back together but not only are they cool and back together Baron is in the apartment in Alexis's room. So during the next few days, Baron is just in the apartment unbeknownst to Alexis. Alexis is sleeping in this apartment and is none the wiser to Baron being in the room next to her. Wait, you said Baron was in Alexis's room or was oh, in no, the room? I'm, I'm so sorry, in Jordan's room. I was about to say, what kind of twisted thing is, so, now I'm wondering, I'm like, did she have any other friends besides Jordan? Because I know if that was my friend and if she told me that happened to her, I'd be like, uh-uh, you staying in the room with me. Like, right? you're not even going to be around Jordan. You're not going to be in that space for you to have to relive that. Like, so now I'm like, where were the rest of her friends? Or unless she was just that close with Jordan. So I think I can only hypothesize about this is that she, that Jordan made Alexis feel 
that this wasn't going to be an issue that Jordan calmed Alexis to feeling like she was on her side and that Baron was just out the picture and whatever happens with Baron I don't give a f whatever like because something had to make Alexis so comfortable because Alexis told her fam- family she told her father her mother what happened to her and what, what was their response there isn't much known about their response but it is just it is telling that because of how these events transpired, they transpired within some days of each other. Like within five days, things just really take a huge tailspin. Like everything is happening kind of in a whirlwind. It's like a cyclone that no one can stop. It's just like, you know, it's hard to configure like what would have been, what what, would have been the end result had a few more days have gone by? Because I don't, because Alexis was on her last year of school potentially, like she's 21, she turns 22 that December. So she's pretty much on her last year, like what would have been done? Also like the school should have given her other accommodations, like her professor, like that's what I was saying. Like it should have been just other accommodations. She should have felt comfortable if she decided to go home to Athens like but I just don't see that as an option for her I don't feel like she had many options she also at this point um on by October 29th she stopped going to her job at Taco Bell they hadn't seen her and then the next day on October 30th is the last day anyone sees or hears from Alexis and are you okay this yeah wait did you hear something drop yes I was like oh my god did you fall yeah I'm fine no like it was upstairs okay yeah so what what ends up what ends up happening is like October 29th she doesn't go to work she her job doesn't hear from her October 30th she does talk to her family and that is actually when she tells them the situation she doesn't tell them immediately because I think, like, you know, she's trying to probably battle with that. She does tell her, her friends, like, she says, I'm uncomfortable sleeping in my room. Like, this is just, you know, I just feel, like, just out of place. Like, she just, she was left to really pick up the pieces of her life herself. Like, that she was trying to figure it out. And I feel like, even in this moment, if if Alexis didn't know about even Baron being in there, Alexis just doesn't feel like the friend that's giving her much support at all. Like she's kind of not saying anything and they're kind of just going through their lives. There's also a point on October 30th where Alexis goes to class and Baron is just in the room and Alexis is, oh no, Jordan goes to class and Alexis is just in the living room and Baron is in the room and she does none the wiser. So October 30th is the last day anyone sees or hears from Alexis. So Alexis and Jordan is seen, she's seen on CCTV at night on the 30th going to a local liquor store and picking up what seems to be a bottle of tequila. And they're, I guess they're going to take it back to the apartment, talk and drink or whatever. But apparently things go awry. Um, but we're, we're going to fast forward. Alexis is missing at this point. We are now on the 31st. Um, her family, because they have not heard from her, 
um, report her missing on the November, November 1st. When police go to ask Jordan, like, hey, like, when's the last time you talked to Alexis? What's going on? Um, Jordan says, oh, no, I haven't seen her. Like, we went to the liquor store around 1130. Um, but she saw her last at, like, around 1230. And then uh, Alexis left. And she hasn't seen her. And at this time, Jordan does some, some, some suspicious things, Okay. So she asked one of her friends, uh, does she have a rubber bin? Um, because her rubber bin that she used, like, I'm thinking like this is like a toy chest, like we call it a toy chest, like the plastic bin with the two sides and the cap to it. Yeah. Like, what can, do you guys have one? Because I need one because mine's got damaged or something. I just need a new one. And her friends was just like, okay, whatever. More suspicious things that are going on is that this is not the end of the semester. This is simply November. This is not Thanksgiving break. This is just regular school year. Um, Jordan goes home to Michigan. She she goes home to Michigan uh, with her family. At this time, the police are investigating um, a Alexis's disappearance. Her family is putting out press conferences. Her dad, Bobby Wright, is saying, "Baby, please come home." Like her family is in a desperate plea for her for her to come back home. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, this is all within a few days. Like this happens within days. Like they're high telling you on this investigation, and I'm guessing around this time in the apartment they find blood and um, droplets of blood in the apartment. And this is reason to have Alexis, um, have Jordan come back to the campus. The campus, yeah, yeah, to Clark Atlanta University campus. Like I forgot where I forgot where Clark Atlanta is exactly located, but yeah, but they they are having um, her come back, and she sits down with the police, and she pretty much just spills the beans. And what those beans are is that Jordan and her boyfriend um, Baron are killers. <laughs> they are murderers. So what the police present her with is the fact that like, that's not possible. You and your your boyfriend, um, Baron, are seen on CCTV carrying out a bin. That bin looks mighty heavy for a regular bin. So and he was there to help her dispose. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, they disposed the body. And what Jordan says happened in that room um, during the, now, now we're in the early morning hours of October 31st, Halloween. Um, this is like a little after midnight. What happens is for whatever reason, Alexis and Jordan get into a physical altercation. We don't know what this physical altercation was about, but we can, those can assume that it has something to do with the fact that it is potential that Alexis probably is having these emotions about really what happened to her and Jordan's kind of role in what that meant for her. And so I'm like that, because they were already on out earlier that month. It just doesn't seem like this friendship is really solid. 
or anything. So it just feels like there was a break of trust and betrayal and things like that. And one of the other questions that came to my mind when I was thinking about this is what does betrayal mean? Why does the betrayal of friendships hurt so bad? Mm. Like they hurt, it hurts worse than like when your partner, like when your partner does it. And I've come to a consensus that it has a lot to do with the fact that you built into this person. They're not just your friend. They, they kind of built into this. They have this special place inside your relationships where they also take the part of not maybe your sexual partner, but your emotional partner. They know things about you that your family may know. So they have this special cocoon of emotions that you built in them and you put time in and you invest in. You've seen them through so many things and then they just kaput. Like they choose a man over you or they or they just mistreat you. And in this instance, she may have felt mistreated and not protected by Jordan. And I'm guessing like she at this point does not know that Baron is in the apartment because she was in for a shock because Baron jumps out of the room, break like and intervenes with the fight and proceeds to choke Alexis. And when he's choking her Jordan doesn't does Jordan stand by and just see her boyfriend in sheer shock that he is doing this like oh my god Baron stop nope nope she decides to just drive the knife in more deeply she takes a black plastic bag and puts it over her face and proceeds to suffocate her (gasps) yeah so not only I just cannot imagine the horror that Alexis had to be going through at that moment, not only to have her rapist kill her, but her best friend, her close friend, the girl who's been with her and her family, who's been in her life, who they've shared such a close relationship with, is just killing her. And that was the last image that she saw. And that is just something I think that just resonates with a lot of people to say, we've all had friendships that we may have not had trouble with, we've had trouble with, we've had intersections of, you know, where we don't get along and we're no longer friends anymore. But I think that this betrayal is the betrayal amongst betrayals. And it's just like, Baron is the villain. But Jordan, he, she's not the accomplice to the villain. She's the co-villain. They're, they share it. They share the hat. She is not a good person. And what makes it even worse is that she, she had the opportunity to, to fess all of this up. But instead, Jordan, Jordan allows uh, Alexis's body to freaking decompose in a freaking wooded area where they find her at, alone with, with her family, crying out, begging for her safe return. And you knew, you knew that she was never coming back. That is terrible. And it's crazy because like a lot of people just say like all of this is for a man. And I just was like, no, like it partially, but more of this was really about Jordan. 
And Jordan's not feelings about Baron, but feelings about Alexis. Hmm. That she doesn't like Alexis. They're not friends. That Alexis may have thought that this was her best friend or her close friend, but that wasn't how Jordan saw her. Jordan did not like Alexis. And we find this often in lives where like we are giving more to a friendship than the person is giving to us and it takes for a certain moment and a certain situation to bring that to the forefront where you see that this person means me no good this person is is going is is not just harm not harming me physically but emotionally and emotionally I don't feel like when Alexis had that instance, I felt like she saw the break in their friendship. And when I guess they get to drinking, it probably comes out more. It probably balloons and pops that her friend, somebody who she loves and cares for has betrayed her and allowed the person who harmed her into their lives and doesn't really care about her as much as she thought. And I think that that was the straw that broke the camel's back and it just ballooned up. Um, And that in that moment is just crazy. So we're moving on to, like I said, that Jordan has shown the police where the body is. Um, She has informed Baron of Baron's involvement. They arrest Baron. Um, police do find on the social media of um, of Jordan and Baron that they were pretty much planning on trying to get rid of the security footage that had them bringing the bin. Um, one of the messages that does come out is gets the job done, which is sent by Jordan. So Jordan isn't just a passive person in this. She's very well involved she's not even passive she's just she's just there she's just trying to get away with it she wants to finish off her college life and go and potentially be with baron and and live their life while alexis and her family have to suffer she was just perfectly fine with that she was never that girl's friend that is that is so sad and like you said it's it's deeper than just peen like it's deeper than than some little boy um who she wasn't going to see anymore who she was never going to be with in the long run this is a college relationship um jordan would have probably forgotten about him the minute she graduated college and you know whatever but what this represents is a, a a girl who for whatever reason is willing to put herself before someone else and she doesn't care who it hurts or anything of the matter like she doesn't care that's so sad and now this girl's life is cut short because of recklessness and betrayal yeah so then what happens this is sad well so I wish I could have like the trial has ended guys because it has been a while like this case did happen in 2019 it's been almost three it'll be three years and this coming October but um sadly guys it's not anything pretty much new except that in 2020 the prosecutors will not be seeking the death penalty against Jordan or Barron which I'm okay with like I don't 
I don't think government should be in charge of death at all. Like, I just don't, that's just not my belief system. So I'm okay with that. Um, I feel like the suffering that this 21-year-old is going to have to do with spending the rest of her life in prison, the rest of her life in prison, where she, her youth, where she could have had a life, like she doesn't even have anything, is and that's punishment, that she has to live with that. Um, so, yeah, so they were denied bond because Jordan, at this time, recorded were are considered flight risks because Jordan went to Michigan. Like, they had to bring her back from Michigan back to Clark, Atlanta. So just you're a flight risk. You're not getting out. So we're kind of right now just waiting for this trial. I have an assumption that it's pretty much having to do with the pandemic as we know it that has been holding things back because you know it's slowing up with cases and you know they have to do a full investigation but this feels very open and shut um jordan has admitted to it i don't know why her and baron haven't played guilty um i don't know why jordan hasn't played guilty because you admitted to it you you showed them where the body was and everything so whatever that is I guess it's kind of just a safe face to save a little face and this just goes to show like this wasn't when she told the police this wasn't remorsefulness her back was against the wall and I'm assuming that the police probably said well if you don't say anything I'm pretty sure your boyfriend Baron who was willing to steal your car and also yeah he did rape your friend because of a few days after the um, Alexis's murder, the rape kid did come back and she was assaulted. There was semen found and ding, 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 it matches Baron. So yeah, so you 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 helped your friend's rapist kill your friend and, this, and he will throw you under the bus. And right now there really isn't much more going on. Um, anything that does happen with the trial will follow up on, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be pretty much open and shut that they are trying to just doing this to save face, but time in the slammer kind of can change people's tune. And we might, she might end up pleading guilty because I, I think that she's gonna realize that pleading guilty will probably do her better. And there probably wasn't any deal on the table because they had all the evidence they needed. The blood, you admitted to it. There, there's no need to press a deal. Like you, you told it without the deal. So at this time, we don't know anything. And I guess right now we just have to wait. If you guys, you know, the family, is pretty much just like again left to pick up the pieces of the life of Alexis Crawford her her family and friends remember her fondly they had a beautiful memorial for her um, students came out in celebration of her you can also find more on this case and um, they did do a document there is a docu-series um, that had came out called the Atlanta Missing and Murdered um, the Lost Children docuseries that had came out. I don't know what network it would be on, but when I find that out, I will list it in the description. But yeah, like you can find out more about that case. Also, any updates we have, like we said, we'll keep you abreast on that. Um, but right now, I guess we're just gonna move into the discussion portion and kind of just comb through this, this all these emotions that I, I know I feel and I'm sure that my co-host feels. Cause I'm look, I'm actually looking at a picture of all three of them right now, and the the boy looks like Luca from Grownish a little bit. 
Yo, he really <laughs> does. And I really couldn't figure out who the character was. And I'm just like, yo, he looks just like him. Like just these like, <laughs> like these are not like little kids as I was picturing them to be little kids, but they they look like they still look like little kids, but they are adults. And she's just every picture I see, Alexis and she's just smiling so like largely and so happily to know that your friend betrays you. Honestly, it makes me think of the TLC song, What About Your Friends? Mm-hmm. Um, like, will they stand their ground? Will they let you down or will they turn their backs on you? And Jordan definitely turned her back on her quote-unquote Girl. friends. And Girl, it's really... Not just turned her back on her, flipped it and reversed it. And literally, like, came behind her back and put a trash bag over her face. Like, it's just... It makes me very grateful that I had the friends that I had when I was in college because we, for all intents and purposes, we might have had like our days where we got on each other's nerves or it's like, I don't want to be your friend of Morgan on my face. But like for all intents and purposes, we looked out for each other, whether we were going to parties and we knew somebody was drinking a little too much or whether we were just going to the bathroom. Like we looked out for each other no matter what. And at the end of the day, we made sure each other was good. And I'm just thinking like, that something like this couldn't have happened because my friends would have been too involved. Right. They would have been like, "Uh uh-uh, what happened? Something's not right. You're acting weird. You're acting different. Like, what's going on? I don't like that Jordan girl. Like, it would have just been more involvement. And I guess that's where my question marks are coming in. Like, where were her other friends? Did she really only just have Jordan as a friend was there anybody, even like uh, one of Alexis's classmates who she was like kind of cool with, she might talk to in class, like just somebody to look out for her, even think, just to keep eyes on her. I think that, I think one of the huge things that comes into my mind is that I think that Alexis wanted to minimize it because she was full on like raped. There, it, there was like, a sense of that she didn't want anyone to know it was a rape. She wanted them to, like, she was just like, I think he kissed me and felt up on me. And I woke up and I was just like, I'm guessing, like, it just felt like she just didn't want to create, like, a spectacle. Yeah, I can see that. How it's just like, I I went through this thing and I don't want to have to keep reliving it. Mm -hmm. over and over again although it turns out she was like sleeping under the same freaking roof like in the same room as the perpetrator like of this assault and it's just it's just sad it seemed like she couldn't escape it and even up until her last moments like she could not escape this person that did this to her in this situation and it's it, it my heart really goes out for her last moments and I'm hoping that she's at peace now because these two people suck I hope that they rot in jail. They don't deserve the death penalty. Like they deserve to sit and have to think about what they done, like what they did, the life that they took and cut short and they cut their own lives short over, over what, over what? Cause not only did they victimize Alexis and her family, they have made their family victims of this because we're like, I feel like we're going to get into this in future cases, but the, the domino effect of what you do and the impact it has on your family your family who 
you know, they send you to school to get this beautiful education and to, you know, be be in this in this environment, grow and go to to school and be a productive member of society. But you go on ahead and you just say, I'm just gonna kill my friend. <laughs> Whatever. And it's just like, girl, no. And then she comes home. I know her family had to think that something was going on. I'm pretty sure they didn't realize it to this extent, but I'm pretty sure that they had a feeling something was wrong with why Jordan went back home. I'm trying to think from like a family therapist perspective of like how this would affect the family as a whole but like you said it's it's like just not alexis while she is gone and her family will not see her on this earth again these other two kids like they took themselves away from their families too and their families have to deal with the fact that like not only is my child gone for the rest of their lives like yes i can go visit them but it will always be behind glass it will always be behind bars the life that I expected for them or that I had hoped for them is completely destroyed and gone. And it's, it's kind of like three deaths in a sense. Like I am by no way minimizing Alexis's death because she, she's gone like for real, for real. But as a family therapist, like the other, all of the kids' families will have to mourn the losses of their children because they're gone. Like they're all gone. Like two of them will just be behind bars forever, but they're they're gone. And that I feel for the families as well, because that's something I'm sure you don't expect for your child. You send them away to college, you're so excited. You're like, especially in the black community, like all of us don't get the opportunity to go to college. And I know that for like my parents and for my mom went to college, but my grandparents didn't and my grandparents before them didn't. So for my mom to go to college and then for me to go to college and then grad school, that's a big deal. And when they send you away to school, their expectations of like, okay, we're sending our child to get this education to better themselves so that they can be better than us. And they end up becoming murderers. It's like, you know, I'm sure they're questioning like, what did I do wrong? Like, where did this go wrong? It's just a sad situation. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you look back on it and you're just saying to yourself, none of this had to happen. If you just had uh, let the justice system handle your boyfriend, even if you're not friends with Alexis anymore, that will make you a fucked up friend. But whatever, like, I mean, you know, you lose friends, whatever. You're just a shitty person in that regard. But at least Alexis gets to live dramatically but she gets to live and you get to move on with your life Mm -hmm. but no you just could not let her like you get what I'm saying like in a few days in that time she could have left the school and like you probably would have never even worried about an Alexis or you get what I'm saying like anything could have happened this that's what I'm saying it went into a tailspin so fast and it's just like instead of you deciding that like this is just not what happened I don't know I don't know what this man told to you but I don't even feel like he had to say much to her I I don't feel like it was much like I don't feel like she cared about Alexis enough to even like he all he had to do was bat his eyes and look at her and say well I didn't do it and she was probably like okay yeah like we don't know 
too deeply into these girls' like background, but I can almost bet that there's some self-esteem stuff mm-hmm. and self-worth. Like, I don't know if, and this is cliche, but I don't know if like her father was in her life or like what the the family dynamics were, but you know, oftentimes we see if a, especially a girl, if their father isn't in their life or they haven't seen like a healthy example of a man or a, fee, a male and female relationship, they can often look for love in all the wrong places and end up finding somebody like Baron who can manipulate them, who can be like, um, uh, like a bully almost, right. like can talk them into certain stuff when they know it's wrong, like I'm, I'm sure that Jordan knew what she was doing was wrong, but sometimes just that need for approval um, and acceptance from a male figure because your father wasn't there, that it all, it all ties in together and it plays a role. So I, that's what I wonder, like, what were the family lives like? Yeah. I wonder what the, what the family dynamic was like. And I also will wonder like how she was also in her other friendship groups. Like, because we don't, we know like Alexis had other friends, but we don't really know, like we didn't, we don't know about how Jordan was with her other friends. Like, is she just one of those people that is just like pretty much a bad friend? Like she doesn't know how to be friends. Like, you know, like there's like a girl's girl, but sometimes there is a girl who's just like, no, nah, I ain't a girl's girl. Like, I'm a pick me and I'm a, and whatever. And I think sometimes, like, when I was reading this, I was just like, I kept going back to this thought. And I don't know why. I was just thinking to myself that Jordan probably thought that, well, if a rape happened, it wasn't rape. Alexis just slept with my boyfriend. Yeah, I feel like, oh my God. <laughs> Did you hear that? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just giving it silence so that I can cut that whole part out. So, for that's what I'm thinking too. Like, Jordan made up in her mind, or Baron like convinced her, like, oh yeah, you know, it was a thing that we like. This is a thing that me and Alexis did, and it's like, no, you assaulted her. She did not ask you for this. And then Jordan might be thinking like. Like you said, oh, she she just had sex with my boyfriend. So it's like, I, I wonder if Jordan convinced herself of that or she really believed, like, Alexis betrayed me. So now, like, the gloves are off, like, all bets are off. I have something underlying, like, some sort of underlying jealousy or hatred for her anyway. So this just kind of is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and one of Alexis' friends came out and basically said that they've always told her like that they've told Alexis to leave you alone like yet you were not a good friend but she kept wanting to give you the benefit of the doubt and this is what what the f you do to her like it it, and it just really goes to show that like there was stuff brewing that this friendship was not one paved in peaches and cream that this friendship was tumultuous it was toxic it was not equally yoked and tragically you the victim in this is Alexis and that tragically you you just have a tragic case of what a toxic friendship can potentially do a toxic friendship isn't just bad stuff a toxic friendship can lead to a crime can be committed because people don't just let things because you're young and you're stupid and your brain is not really functioning correctly you start thinking some weird stuff like 
like you know like if you're not thinking correctly you start thinking weird things when you're especially when you like a guy like I've seen people as, as much as we could be from the outside looking in they'll be like well if these if these hoes just stayed away from my man he wouldn't cheat like like what yeah and they say it with their whole chest and but, it's like girl girl I'm it's, just like, it's just like we know it but do they know it? Like, it was like, girl, and when they sit back and they listen to themselves, like, girl, do you do you see how, like, this is crazy? But no, like, and and like I said, like, I don't think this is just, Baron just happens to be that, that, that point that happened, like, he's that big old red flag that this person that came in, but I feel like this would have happened with any guy she was with. That, that Jordan simply had animosity to Alexis, that they probably would not have been friends past school, that they would have been passing friends, probably not really even friends. And it would have been simple, but that was a better result than what uh, Jordan decided to do. I would rather just, just don't be the girl's friend. Just don't Leave be friend. that girl alone. Like, but see, Nowadays, people can't do that. It's like, like back in my day, it's like you either, because <laughs> it makes me sound so old, like I'm so old, but like back in my day, you either, okay, what are we going to do? We either not going to be friends. I'm not going to speak to you. I'm not going to, uh, you don't exist to me, or we're going to shoot the fair one. Like we're going to fight mm-hmm. or we're going to be friends again. Like that's it. There's only like two and a half options. So instead of being like, oh, yeah, I really don't bang with her like that. Let me let me just keep my distance or keep her away from my man or whatever. Mm -hmm. She didn't do that. And she continued to pretend to be this girl's friend. And I think that's corny because from what you were just saying about Alexis, like she seems like she was the type that would give Jordan another chance and another chance. And despite I would honestly I wish she would have listened to her friends. Um, when they try to warn her, but when you're sometimes friendships can also be abusive in the way that like a domestic violence relationship is like, you will constantly give somebody a friend, a chance, a chance after a chance, even knowing that this person is not giving you like the feeling is not reciprocal. It's a one way street. Like I'm giving you all my best friendship qualities and you're giving me like half Nil, like zilch like yeah never yeah just not filling that person's cup there's no give or take it's just take and it's just like you know you want to believe the best and I think that another part of this is the fact that they live together and I think that a huge part of it is that's what like that's the whole another thing it's just like I feel like this is where the school can be beneficial where they could have came in and um and they sit up here and say hey we'll talk to the leasing people you don't have to live here let's put you on on on-campus housing in a solo room if they can and you live there and you finish out your school days we'll keep we'll invest the situation will be investigated but we'll make sure you're good and you can go to class and if you decide to do online that you can do that as people we don't have blueprints on how to react to traumatic situations but a school an organization should have a little bit of a better blueprint of how they rectify a situation between students 
in, in such a degree that they will be protected and helped and supported and given opportunity to do the things to make sure they finish off their college degree because regardless of it, it's, you know, had she had gotten that support and had she had gotten that support system, none of this would have happened. Yeah. For sure. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, if this was a preventative death, this was a preventative. And also, like, I, I do believe, like, I can't say if Baron wasn't there that, uh, that Jordan wouldn't have killed Alexis. Because I don't know. Because she just waited for the opportunity to grab that plastic bag. Hmm. And, it's just, hmm. and it's just, like, thinking to myself, like, girl... Was you just gonna kill her because after y'all got into that fight, were you just gonna come up behind her and put a place bag over her head? No one knows. I believe it's quite possible because I feel like anybody who is willing to do that is willing to to just kill you. Like you're just a sucky friend. Your boyfriend's a, a fucking rapist, and you're a fucking horrible friend and a horrible person. And you know what? Like I said before. You could just stuck at being just a fucked up friend who chose her man and just left it at that because that just already makes you a shitty friend. But then you're just a shitty murdering fucking friend who people are going to use as the fucking example for years to come of why when friends show you who they are, you believe their ass. You believe them. This is another tragic case. And I'm hoping that the family can get justice. Is there any sort of like, do they have any sort of like foundation going on or any like is the family doing anything? The family doesn't seem to be doing anything um, at this time. I think it's because um, that everything is kind of just in wait. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They did have a GoFundMe set up a few years ago, but of course that has probably been closed at this point. So right now we're just waiting. I just, I just want everybody, if you see them on social media, if you're, you know, if you have some form of connection that you just surround them with support as they get closer to trial, because trials can be long and strenuous, um, support them as much as you can, give them encouraging words and, and just be pleasant people. Do not, do not say anything that would just be harmful or traumatic send them love and support because they're going to need it. So what I'm going to say is everybody just please love each other. Um, please, if you know toxic friends and you're in a toxic friendship, please get therapy because like I said, toxic friendship, like we said, with the toxic friendships can be harmful. They can be very abusive and, and you can you have the right to want to heal from that and find healing from those experiences. Just of having a bad friend, if you or anybody you know um, has been affected by sexual assault or anything like that, please help them with getting help and get yourself some help. Find your nearest therapist. Call like the back of your insurance card if you have insurance. Um, I know that that's difficult to say. They do have other avenues such as BetterHelp. Um, which is a online therapy program and it's pretty cheap with their pricing check that out and and just please get yourselves help from this absolutely just take a look at who you're surrounded by and if you get an icky, i say this all the time if you get an icky feeling about somebody whether they've been your friend for five days or five years if you get a feeling 
every time you think of this person calling you or every time you think about being around this person, pay attention to that because that is your gut. That is like your little tiny guide voice and God voice that's being like, "Mm, mm, mm, let's pay attention. Um, So I think that's it for us for episode five. Follow us on Instagram at crime at the fam table pod. Um, and we also have a Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? Our Twitter handle is crime at the family table. So you can usually find us by fam or family. We usually try to keep it pretty simple, um, uploaded there. And just so you guys know, you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter um, and just give us some case ideas, information. We'll take those in consideration. Um, we are at the halfway point, you guys. So we're halfway through the seat, the first season. How we're planning on doing this, you guys, is that we're going to do 10 to 12 episodes on, and then like we're going to take a month and some change off just to recoup and kind of get ourselves together um, and research more cases and get kind of a sense of what we want to do for the next season. We'll let you know by episode 10 what the plan is for season two, Um, but we're glad that you guys are here for this journey, and thank you again for being here for um, episode five. Bye. See you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday, guys. Bye.